Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes, I watched the video. Okay. Cool. It's great. I have my own segment called Crinkle Cuts, where we cut to me crinkling. Crinkle Cuts! <laughs> oh my god. Oh no! <laughs> this is bad audio. This is your first episode with crinkle cuts and birthday sex. No, I don't. I don't. You didn't get to the good it part. It doesn't matter. You I haven't don't got to the birthday sex. You don't even know. I don't want to. I, I didn't like the beginning what very about much. Birthday snacks. What about the Fifty Cent's birthday song? What? Wait, that's a oh, hold on. What? How does it go? Oh wait. It, oh, just it got a party like it's your birthday. There you go. In the club. In the club. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a long time since I listened to any 50 cent. <laughs> My dad met him once. No, oh. but I just love the silence of the Allegra in the club. And we turn in around the club. And Jelani's just staring out the window like you fucking idiot. No, he's dancing. <laughs> Jelani is fucking going. Jelani's great. We're going to party like it's your birthday. <laughs> oh, party like it's because your birthday. Because we are close. Like me trying to rap. <laughs> What it, what are the birthday songs? How does birthday cake go? Uh, By Rihanna? Cake, 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 cake. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Isn't that like the uh, fucking... That sounds like shots. Cakes, 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 Everybody. That's how the Rihanna song goes. Wait, it's also like I want to eat your birthday cake, but I don't remember how that goes. It's all about sex also. Just like birthday. Why? Sex. Why is birthday always associated with? Because you've got to get someone your birthday. No, otherwise you die. Hello and welcome to the Polygon Show. I'm Simone de Rochefort, and I'm here today with Allegra Frank. Hello, Chelsea Stark. Hello, and Ashley O. Hello, welcome back. Me? Did you guys miss me? Yes, yeah. you you clearly didn't listen to last week's show where yeah, I said I ate you. Uh, you did. I mean, I, I I I heard it from inside you, which is where I was last week. <laughs> it's good, good and when I finally no, I crawled out of your ass, stop! <laughs> I'm upset that I did this to myself. Why did you do? It's that? sort of it's like something I do every year as sort of a recharge, rebirth kind of deal where I. Am devoured by one of my coworkers, and I kind of incubate inside them for about a week, and um, I get new skin at that time. I have new organs, uh, and I, I shut down all my senses so that they, you know, get a break because sensing things is so hard. But then at the end of the week, I crawl out of their butt, and I, I feel, I feel so strong. Hey, I feel I, so good. This is fake news. No one has crawled out of my butt. <laughs> You say that. I feel the, like we had established a no body horror rule. It's the Polyvore Show. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Polyvore Show. I'm Simone de Rochefort and I'll eat anything. But you were just no. eating. Now yes. that's on Tumblr. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. I was actually in the Bay Area going to a U2 concert. Of course. Why did you do a British accent? <laughs> Uh, I don't have any uh, control over my body. <laughs> you got body. one accent. <laughs> Ever since I came out of Chelsea's butt, like there's been a lot of oh, weird stuff going Chelsea's on. butt. Uh, <laughs> my butt is pure. Okay. <laughs> okay. And now so am I. Purified in the fire of Chelsea. I'm sorry, Chelsea. Okay. I have to stop. Uh, um, I was at a U2 concert. Don't you guys want to know how good it was? How good was it? So good! Um. <laughs> that, That's all she has to say for the rest of the episode. That actually hurt. Was that your first My time? My new game is to watch the... The window. I never remember to watch the window when I can see the reactions of the people who are listening to us. <laughs> it's like a preview of what people will say when they listen to the show uh, recorded. No, Ashley, it was my either fourth or fifth time seeing you. Wow. wow. So my friends, I, I got into you two when I was 14. I had a huge crush on Bono. No! Um, <laughs> and then I got all of my middle school friends into you two as well. And so we've been, I went out to LA or LA. Pfft, the Bay Area, uh, Berkeley, to visit them. 
And we went to our like fourth U2 show together, and it was super fun. It's the, the dorkiest tradition I, a person who plays video games, has. <laughs> that is really sweet, though. That's that so went. nice. And also, you're getting to hang out with old friends is really nice, mm-hmm. especially if you since you moved across the country and all that. So. Yeah. Did I tell you? I think I told you the story, Simone, of how I got invited to a U2 concert once and didn't go. Fuck you, what? Tell me the story. <laughs> so there was this kid. Oh my God, I was about to say his full name, but I should not say his full name, but I'll tell you guys off mic because it's a really funny name. Anyway, so he had dated my best friend once and then they broke up because he was weird and then we became friends. And then I think at the end of my junior or senior year of high school, I think he like maybe was into me and that really grossed me out because I grossed me out. So I was like, this is wrong. That's depressing. And so he randomly texted me. He was like, I have you two tickets for tonight. You want to go? I was like, this seems weird. How did you get my number? No. And so I think I ghosted him. <laughs> Wait, what year What year was this? Uh, t- like 2010, I guess, if it was junior year. Oh, God. I'm trying to think of what what tour that was, but I'm not going to be able to do it off the top of my head because I'm a fake fan. <laughs> I can't believe, no, I can believe this because of course you don't want to hang out at a concert with a dude who probably wants to make out with you and you don't want to make out with him. Mm. You'd be distracted from the beautiful <laughs> spectacle that is Bono and the edge and Adam Clayton and Larry Mullen jr. Right in front of you. <laughs> you said Bono and the egg. <laughs> <laughs> Is the egg is the egg a nugget at one point? That's their touring. But it's like such a nice like children's show. Bonnie with the egg. I would love that. I'll 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 text him. I'll tell him to make a children's book. Anyway, who wants to talk about some video games? (laughs) Silence. We're like, I guess. You know who plays games? Bono. No. Uh, With your heart. Actually, probably McFisto does. Chelsea, tell me about the video game Minute. Oh, it yeah. was a very enjoyable. Minute is a game. Um, it is like a black and white top-down RPG with an interesting twist in that you basically have a minute for every life. And at the end of that minute, you have to die and respawn at your house. Um, so it's like a sped-up version of Metroidvania. Uh, and that you have to collect new items to open gated paths around the world, but doing everything super efficiently. So you have to, um, say, get um, one of the one of the puzzles involves like getting flippers off the roof of this hotel, and you have to get other guests back to the hotel so you can get the flippers. But you have to basically figure out, okay, well, if I can unlock this door, what do I like? How can I get to that thing in sixty seconds and do this action? Items, woo. Stay with you. <laughs> Coffee? We almost had another classic we Chelsea almost... drink spill. Excuse me, I'm not the only one who spilled drinks on this show. That's why, <laughs> that's why that scared me so much. Yeah, it's drama from that. that. The Sitting... coffee was fine. Um, oh, the coffee was fine. No, but I'm saying... It's, I... it's fine that I didn't get burned with your hot coffee. It's pretty lukewarm. Um, <laughs> so you... Uh, you basically, it's it's kind of interesting because you have to kind of solve puzzles in this very shortened down, pared down experience, which I found really mm-hmm. cool because, I don't know, when you, Metroidvania games can be really long, right? You, if you've played something like any mm-hmm. of the, the Metroid games, you're like, oh my God, where was that thing? I encountered it two hours ago. I couldn't remember. Oh, wasn't there like a different kind of door back in this area? No, this is like super slimmed down. You're like, well, I remember there's some trees over there. I just got to go cut them down and and kind of speeds through the encounter. We finished the game in 113 minutes, mm. so cycles. And so it's like a little under two hours. Hmm. I actually like that perspective on it a lot because I uh, my experience with this game is that Griffin and I tried to make a video about it together and I was watching him play and I had sort of a, I think we both had a bit of a frustrating experience. Like we both thought it was very cool, but we were also sort of frustrated at the point where there were, there were some puzzles that were a little more obtuse. Mm. And because you die every 60 seconds, if you have run a long way to the place where you know that there's a puzzle that you need to solve, yes. it's really frustrating to have to, uh, to you know, run 
to a place and try to solve a thing there and realize it's wrong and maybe you did it wrong or maybe you're in the wrong place and you only have like you have 60 seconds so you keep kind of being useless over and over and there, over again there is that handy kill yourself button where you can just it's very good <laughs> oh, <that laughs> yeah but that great. immediately resets you, you so react. that you can start the 60 seconds over again but um but yeah your perspective of it um, being uh, being it, that the areas are so small that you can remember more easily where things are is yes. interesting to me. I think I mean it. It's there are definitely parts in there, and especially near the end of the game, you're like, whoa! I have to run really far to get this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there are like different houses that you can uh, move between. So I mean, eventually, like your your span of reach, you're not always going from the same house gets bigger but yeah it's definitely like the end game i was like oh this is this is where this this concept is really tested and maybe stretches thin but you're already invested at that point mm-hmm. um and there were things we never solved i think we got 63 percent of them like the mysteries solved um so everything you're saying makes me extremely anxious mm-hmm. uh yeah. so- <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> so and that's kind of why i i've played like some metroid prime but i've never been able to get into like metroidvania games because of pretty much everything you're describing but i do think minute seems really cool and i love like the black and white aesthetic but for people like me who generally like this sounds like akin to like speed running to me which is similarly anxiety inducing so like how would you suggest we ease ourselves into this game or this genre well i mean you can also realize that uh i would say recommend maybe playing it with a friend or because then if one of you is stuck on a puzzle the other one can kind of take a crack at it and like if there's like a there's like kind of a nice ability to have that person next to you who's like, wait, I'm able to connect the dots because I'm not stressed about the thing right now. Mm-hmm. Like playing it is stressful, but if someone else is detached. So usually I feel like I I play these games a lot with my boyfriend, but the person who is not actively playing is sometimes the one who ends up solving a puzzle and vice versa mm-hmm. because you, you're like, oh, wait, I can look at this in a detached mm-hmm. way and be like, oh, wait, I see how to fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there um, a counter on the screen? Yeah, and it's big. Oh! And it's <laughs> and it's, and it's just counting And it starts to go, like, at the 10 seconds. It's I wonder, is, is there an warnings. option? It would be interesting if there was no counter and it just, like, I, you oh. just play... That would be really stressful. Oh my, because that would really mess with, like, I'm terrible at tell- counting time and knowing how long a minute is if I was just left on my own devices. But that would be such a cool, I, I feel like, add on or something of just like a super hard mode. Of I yeah. know that there is a super hard mode that I have not played, but the, the turns are 40 seconds. And no. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. 40? Uh, yeah. It's, and there's other things and restrictions that, and I was like, I don't think I, um, I think I'm fine at this level. But I, 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 I don't know. It's, it's like a really, like the presentation is very clean, Ashley, so mm-hmm. that you have, you kind of have a very good idea of what you have in front of you. And it's like mm. this really nice black and white pixel artish thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It doesn't, but definitely like stresses you out near the end. Does it make a noise when the timer runs out? Yeah. There's actually like when you die, it has kind of a nice little sound, like a, it's a little sad, but oh, also like a that's thug. good that it's a it's a nice sound. It would be a shame it, if it was like a buzzer. What well, <laughs> it was kind of no, it was not. It was a nice sound because you can when you like, you know, you can end the turn with the. I should stop calling it the kill yourself button, uh, but reset button. The reset button. <laughs> the reset button. Uh, and like it makes the same noise, and it, and you kind of just like pro, like your character just falls flat in the ground and responds at the house. I like the way it collapses. Uh, I want okay. Speaking of house. Can we get a little granular here and talk about the ghost house? Yes, okay. What the fuck is going on? So there's this ghost house that you find. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go through a cemetery, you can find a bone. Should we spoil that? I don't know. Which, <laughs> that was one of the things we can never figure out what Okay, to do you with. never found out about the bone? I have no idea how to use the bone. Okay, so there's this house. There's a friendly ghost outside who's like, go inside, and if you're on the right floor, I'll tell you a secret. And you can, go th- you can kind of cycle through the floors of the house, and there's a different um, sort of... It's bit like of a lore s- that pops, or not a bit of lore, it's like but like a, a spooky saying. TV is playing these little yeah. sayings. Mm. Yes, and some of them are nonsensical, and then one of them says, "This is the right floor," but we stayed on that floor, and nothing ever happened so there. So you just walk outside, and that's when that's 
we did the same thing. And like, you just kept, leave at that point? You leave at that point. And then she tells you a secret? And no, she doesn't. Uh, ghosts appear around the world that have hints that I, oh my ne- I literally never found useful. Can That's I please interrupt yeah, for please a second? Do you interrupt? Because I'd love to know like why Ashley is crying. crying. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even look at it. What did I say? Why? Is it the bone? No, it was about the ghost. I'm sorry. I, I just made like a stupid joke to myself and I just. It's so stupid. No. I'm sorry. No, please. No, can you tell? Me? No, it's bad. She has taken her oh. glasses off. Oh yeah. Oh, her glasses. You said was the ghost was like, if you're on the right floor, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you a secret, and you go on the floor, and he disappears, and he says, "I have IBS." <laughs> Necessarily be a secret that helped you at all. It's just a secret. No, I thought this is my this is my ghost secret. I have IBS. (laughs) I tried to not. I'm sorry. I don't know why I thought that. Ashley's glasses were thoroughly fogged. They were just they were uh, covered. It was a rainy day here in New York City. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Well, uh, please talk more about Minute. I think we... Do you have any final thoughts no, about Minute that you want to relate? I really like short games. Those are fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, how much is it and where can we find it? It's on Steam and it's $10. So cheap, short, like kind of the, the games that... Or, and also replayable, so lots Put of value. Put it in your Steam library and never play it. Oh. <laughs> I saw, okay, you guys have seen that article going around this, like, by age 35 millennials, or people uh, should have saved yeah. half their yeah. salary. I yeah. think it's age 30, which is no, worse. No, it's 35. I saw, 35. Because I, 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 I marked okay. it. I was like, two more years, okay. So, God, judgmental article. <laughs> I saw the best tweet in response to that, which was, by age 35, you should have played through half your Steam library. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like, equally challenging. True. I'll never do it. All right, Ashley, why don't we talk about Sushi Striker? Strikers. Uh, yeah, you guys, you guys played Plural? this. Sushido. The, what is the it? way of the Sushido. Su- yeah. Sushi Striker. Wait. You look so sad still. What is, the, the, what is the full title? I can okay, never say it right. The full title is Sushi Striker, the way of Sushido. And this is uh, a new uh, game for Nintendo Switch and 3DS that's coming out. It's kind of, it's a match game uh, similar to, um, oh shit, I'm, uh, not a match three game, but the kind of game where you match like as many like objects as you can uh, when you're going and it is plates of sushi on a conveyor belt. And you can match either the kinds of sushi or the colors of the plates. And when you do that, you get the plates, and then you can throw them at your opponent who is across the sushi conveyor belts, the rows of sushi conveyor belts from you. And there's another layer of this where there are mystical sushi spirits. Yeah, they're called sushi sprites, and they're kind of treated like Pokemon a little bit. It's kind of interesting. Um, the the ones that we saw um, really look just like Digimon. I don't know if like, we got like the same artist or something, <laughs> but it's like it's a Digimon. Digimon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they're very cute. Like so, it's you'll be doing these things, and then as you like create combos, um, you have like three sushi sprites at all times in your lineup, and you have two in reserve, and like their meters start to fill up, and then once they're like filled up, you can um, use like their special skills. So some of them, it's like oh, I'll add an extra three plates to every combo you make, or an electro zap, or like a sushi bonanza, where it like turns everything on the conveyor belt like very briefly into like everything is connectable. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that like you can swap them out depending on, um, I guess like who you're playing. Sometimes you can see your opponent's um, sushi sprites. But uh, yeah, it was like interesting when we did the the multiplayer. There's a mm-hmm. local and an online multiplayer function. Mm-hmm. Um, the local multiplayer was stressful. Stressful. <laughs> I mean, it was stressful in the same way that a lot of 
versus games are in that it, it's like so fast paced. And sometimes when you um, if you're using the touch or when you select a sushi and you're dragging to connect a bunch of sushi and match them, the conveyor belt will speed up. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. so like you can be if I say grab one that's just about to slide off the screen because the conveyor belts are moving. And then the conveyor belt speeds up. It's like, oh shit! Mm-hmm. Like that, there goes they my also, sushi. Goodbye. The, the directions of the belts also alternate, so mm-hmm. that makes it extra hard. Yeah. So sometimes, like you're grabbing one that's like literally about to go off the screen. And then sometimes I was waiting because, like, I, I would see like say a bunch of green plates coming from one direction and green plates coming from another direction, and I would be like waiting for them to get next to each other so I could match them. And I wasn't sure if that was a good strategy or not, or if I should just like be going as fast as I can and like matching. The ones that I have connected already, I don't know. It's like it's something that I want to spend more time with because it seems like a good sort of dive in, do a quick match, and leave thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not enjoy. We we had a disagreement. I did not enjoy using the joystick mm-hmm. to select the. Oh, sushi. so you use the touch screen? I use mm-hmm. the touch Wait, screen. Wait, were you on three DS or Switch? We switch. were on Switch. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I played it at PAX East. I got my. In local multiplayer, I got my butt stop, stomped by Miranda from IGN. Yes. <gasps> Hi, Miranda. Hi, Miranda. <laughs> uh, but it but. was, no, it was like, I only used the joysticks as well because it seemed, but sometimes it would stick when you were trying to like do a diagonal kind of movement across. So it seems like the touchscreen would be easier. I kept having it, like I would be trying to flip up to go to the, the higher row or the lower row in the conveyor belt. And it would just either not go or it would flip too far. Like, it was super, super sensitive for me. Yes. And I know, Ashley, you did not have that experience. You actually liked it a lot better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think the targeting was a lot easier for me. Um, mm-hmm. I did try it. I, I don't know, like, what I'm doing wrong. This is probably also related to, like, uh, I don't know. I'll, like, use the touch screen, But then I think I'm just putting way too much, like, tension into, like, my right, my wrist, like, locks up. It's, like, <laughs> the same thing of, like, if I play Mar- Mario Kart or something or a racing game, I will hold down that acceleration button like my life fucking depends on mm-hmm. it. It's, like, no, it doesn't respond to how hard yeah. you hold it down. You just have to hold it down. But I just, like, have never unlearned that habit from childhood. Mm. So I think, like... I don't know. With the the joystick, I feel like gives me more freedom to move around quickly without me mm. basically straining my dumb wrist because I'm, I don't know. What's You're gonna wrong like with me. put your thumb through a switch screen. Just, uh, I don't know. I think like it didn't. It wasn't as accurate for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. Like it's. I think it, I guess it could go either way. Hmm. I'm so confused about how flipping a joystick to a target is more accurate for you than literally putting your finger on the sushi. I, I feel like that the movement of that sometimes was like less unpredictable. I feel like you needed to be a little bit more calculated with the touchpad, whereas with the joystick, you can kind of go nuts and just go, nuts. and just do it, <laughs> target you everything. You did beat me, so I can't argue with that result. Yeah, in the multiplayer uh Section, I guess, of the event, no losses. Hey, guess what? Undefeated. All losses. (laughs) All losses. Okay, Simone, something that everyone should know about you if they don't is you're extremely competitive, especially with puzzle games. So, were you like flipping out? I, um, Ashley, was I flipping out a little bit? I don't think so. I would, I, there was some scary muttering. (laughs) going on. Yeah, but it, it could have been a like lot a, worse. You were like I, a I witch over there. Screaming. like Marr. We were at a very small booth across um, from two other people, so I think we both held it together very nicely. Yeah. You're both very competitive. We are the two worst people to I know. play games together in public. Mm-hmm. Was it like Ashley some outlet screams. that you were worried would like look down on us? Like it, They were a YouTube channel. He was a Nintendo YouTuber. So, oh. uh, like... It, uh, an expert, more more uh, like familiar with uh, all the Nintendo things than me, for example. I thought you were about to do uh, like a YouTube streamer impression. No, you like oh. I was stumbling in my trying to describe this kind person who um, also kicked my ass. Uh, <laughs> oh, whose I name th- I don't remember, or else I would oh mention God. it right now. Uh, I don't remember. Shit. Shit. Is it Derek? <laughs> 
I'm not gonna remember. I don't remember people's names. I'm sorry, Derek! I'm so sorry. I. Oh no. <laughs> it's fine. The point is, you and I were very mature. We were very mature because, like, <laughs> if you have, oh. if you left in a bit more, like, we were very mature. We were. I'm, you can send us out again, Chelsea. It's gonna be okay. It was Yay. fine. There was there were no complaints. We ate a lot of sushi. We did eat a lot of sushi. All we cared, well, no, that's not true. All we cared about was the sushi. No, it was just tough to balance. Like, I was right next to the conveyor belt. So while everything's going on and I'm in the middle of a battle and I this, keep side-eyeing. context, the demo took place in a sushi conveyor yes. belt restaurant. So there was real sushi as well as video and it was just sushi. moving by you. It was, it was moving just by. Going. Oh my god! And the thing is, is, there were so many plates. I mean, like someone had to eat them. Someone had to eat them. <laughs> so did you us. just like get to eat them the whole time? Yes. It just kept yeah. coming. And the we thing just, is, yeah, just the whole coming. time. But the thing is, is that you know, other professionals at this event, you know, they would have some. Every I was, I mean. I put them away. I put those plates away. Yeah. That waiter yeah. knew. Ashley starved herself for a day and a half because she knew. Mm-hmm. Ashley did get her. I actually her didn't know that there was real sushi away. until Simone was like, "You fool!" Wait, that was the whole reason we wanted to go at first. I didn't know that. Oh no, this is much better. It was, was a much better like, surprise for her. I was just like, "Oh wow, this sounds like a fun game," and it was. It was I, a fun game. I just game. didn't know that there was going to be food. I thought I really was like oh, Ashley would enjoy this game. I'm the only person who hasn't played it, but I watch you guys like sent a trailer of it, mm-hmm. and it does look very fun. Like it's this is so not what chaotic. I was expecting. Yeah. 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 Also, the cut. Did you guys watch any of the cutscenes? Oh yes. They and the intro is like yeah, yeah. It's just, very Saturday morning cartoon. But okay. yeah, it, it's just like the animation style is interesting. It's very cute. I think like the basic premise is that there's this kingdom and there's just no more sushi. Oh no, anymore. And there are like all these bosses that are like trying to, I guess, get rid of sushi as a food. Um, and like we had um, a little map of like different characters, and I saw one girl, and like her bio literally was like her hatred of tuna and salmon is like made her like ensure that you never have those again. And I was like, who hates tuna and salmon? Wait those a minute, spicy tuna rolls? Oh shit! Who oh hates my tuna god! You guys, there was a there was a there was a roll, okay, and <laughs> it was three pieces. The oh. outside was deep fried, just the seaweed part, uh-huh. and the rice wasn't. And then in the middle was like green onion and a slice of spam, and it Whoa. was so good. It was so. It was so good. good. Wow. It was so freaking good. Mm. I ah, uh, if I had had that one first, I think I would have just eaten that for the rest of the night. Do you guys have pictures of the sushi? No. Well, we, it's on our Instagram story. We ate oh, it Oh, I did look at that, but then I felt sad, so. I okay, well, then I'm not going to show you the pictures of the sushi. <laughs> you don't get to see the sushi. This episode of the Polygon Show is brought to you by Quip. Chelsea. Simone. Who do you think you are? Somebody? Yeah, you are. You're somebody. And even if you weren't somebody, no matter who you are, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day to stay healthy oh i like being healthy and having days yes and having teeth and having teeth well don't worry quip knows that that's super important and their team of dentists and designers is focused on helping you take care of your mouth better do you know how how tell me Well, they've got an electric toothbrush that is a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes, and they send you new heads for that toothbrush on a dentist-recommended schedule of every three months. Yeah. When, if you had, when, how often did you replace your toothbrush? An embarrassing before? long amount of time. Yeah. You get, you get the point where the bristles are going all sideways. They're going all the ways. All the ways. And you're like, this is fine. It's, it's but not fine. I like that someone is taking charge for me and yeah. telling me, oh, hey, the new head is here. Change that shit. It's time. It's like somebody knocking on your door and saying, hey, Chelsea, it's time to keep your teeth nice. Yeah. But then, but except that it's less disturbing than that because there's not a stranger at your door. It's just like your friendly delivery person and then you have a new toothbrush. Yeah, they just tell, send you a nice package, a little envelope. 
It's so cool. So they send this dentist recommended schedule. Uh, it has built-in timer, of course, like most vibrating toothbrushes, and this one pulses uh, every, you know, in intervals to remind you to change sides when you're brushing your teeth. Do you know how much this is, Chelsea? How much? Well, Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash polygon right now, you get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. And then the new heads are delivered every, every three months, like I said, for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. It also comes with a mount that you can attach to your mirror and you don't need to charge it and there's so there's no wires or chargers or anything which is super freaking cool so you it's very slim and easy to manage there's like not a lot of things unnecessary things to deal with yeah yeah so again get your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash polygon that is spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash polygon. Check that out. Starts at just $25. And you, too, can have clean teeth, just like Chelsea does now. Oh, my God. Look at my mouth. It's beautiful. You're welcome. Thank you, Quip, for sponsoring this episode of The Polygon Show. All right. Um, Chelsea, did you want to talk about the intro to the game at all? or? Uh... I don't remember, like, I just remember it being cute and having an amazing song that was like, I was like, yes. Oh, maybe that was in the trailer, too. Is it, like, all in Japanese? I think so. Uh, it was like, there was this really cartoony it was, song Yeah, yeah I think that's in the trailer. But it's, everyone should just go watch the tra- trailer. We should just put it in the show notes because it's very it's, cute Saturday morning, like Saturday morning take on anime almost, right? Oh, like Monster yeah. Hunter or Ran- Monster Rancher? Yeah. Monster, Hunter. No, Monster, Monster Rancher. Rancher. Yeah. Oh, it kind of reminded me of that a bit too. But uh, yeah. let's move on. Chelsea, let us talk about Xbox's new accessible controller because it looks rad as hell. Yeah, this was something that I saw last week uh, with Summit, and uh, it is something that is like kind of stirred my heart in really nice ways because Xbox is creating a controller built for basically a lot more people that have different kinds of um, mobility impairments or uh, different, I mean, like different kinds of needs for play. Uh, they kind of realized this apparently after um, they released like the Elite controller a couple years ago for Xbox One, and it, it had different modifications where you could have the the triggers on the back as paddles instead. And they real and people began kind of hacking this, and they uh, Microsoft realized, oh wow, this is serving a community of people that couldn't have you know as controllers have evolved, they become a lot harder for people with different kinds of mobility impairments. Um, you know, this they brought up a lot of examples of people who um, can only play games with one hand or have cerebral palsy and things like that. Um, I'm trying to be super spe- like specific with my ableist language or not being ableist with my mm-hmm. language specifically. So uh, apologies if I make any mistakes, mm-hmm. listeners. But I, I mean, like, I think this is so great because there are so many people who want to play video games and video games are becoming less and less accessible I think as the technology gets better Mm -hmm. you know um as we get 4k displays we get smaller text we get things that are harder to read so like visual people with visual impairments have harder times and as we get more complicated controllers Mm -hmm. there's so many more buttons and functions it's not more challenging for people who have different levels of ability with their hands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so this controller is awesome because basically it looks like a large square with two big buttons in the middle. And on the back, there are 19 different jacks, a th- uh, 3.5 millimeter jacks. So you can um, connect a peripheral for every single function of the controller. Oh, one of the examples was like a much larger joystick. Yes, so that somebody who doesn't have the thumb mobility to push a tiny ass joystick around can yes. still move a character in a video game, which is it. It's so cool, and I love how how it's a base, and it yes. is quite. It can be adapted to be universal because everyone has different needs. 
And right now we have like basically every controller kind of follows the same format, like despite the differences between the Switch and the Xbox and the PlayStation, mm-hmm. like they are essentially the same. Yeah. Tiny buttons, tiny joysticks. Mm-hmm. Um, they you all, hold them in the same position with your hands. Yeah, they all assume that you can grip back the back of a controller, that you have fine and gross motor control, mm-hmm. that you can push buttons that are often kind of stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, so like basically this was this was a created from a hackathon at xbox this allows you to actually plug in a lot of people may already have these accessories in their homes they're like larger buttons so if you uh have issues with fine motor control you can like have a bigger input um or pedals or smith like micro switches for uh to map things to smaller buttons mm-hmm. or people were uh plugging in you can plug in flight sticks which oh, like, so cool. give you kind of a, a wider joystick to use mm-hmm. and manipulate. Um, and it was just like, there was a video that they showed us of different people using it. And it's so like we, I think there's definitely just kind of a privilege to being able-bodied all the time. Well, we forget that there are, th- there are day-to-day problems that people deal with mm-hmm. that, you mm-hmm. know, we, we may not have as much visibility to. And it's just like, oh crap! This is, this is gonna open up gaming, to so many more people, and mm-hmm. that's really exciting, because I think I'm I'm speaking personally as someone who has a disability. A lot of times, what you want and is just to have normalcy and mm-hmm. to not be treated any different. Mm-hmm. And so this is like, oh crap! You don't have to be treated any different. You can play the same games with your friends. Um, play alone you have that ability now and like that's just exciting because a lot of these things were like hacked together controllers that cost hundreds of dollars Mm -hmm. they were not professionally made so like for a company like microsoft to be like yes this is a thing we're committing to is so wonderful and inspiring yeah yeah they say like how and when you can buy it. We're doing the sales, <laughs> the sales uh, thing today. It should be available um, right now. It's going to be up on the Microsoft website. It's only $99, and it'll be basically work with every kind of thing that you already have, which, again, is, like, one of the big sells. Mm-hmm. So it comes with – it has the two large buttons, and, yeah, it's $99. So um, Something that kind of like what you were just talking about – Something that really struck me in that video you shared with us was like, I generally find it not great when people are like referring to themselves as gamers, you know, but in the video, like all of the people that were using the controller were called gamers. And I thought that was just kind of like interesting and moving in the sense that like these are people who probably their entire lives have been like fascinated by or really big fans of games. Right. And like have been generally ignored by manufacturers in terms of like yeah having control options that are actually accessible to them um so the idea that like a lot of them are older too i think and so the idea that like after 25 years of really really wanting to play a game like to finally be able to i thought that was really cool yeah and also they may be dealing with situations where think about a controller like the nes or super nes like it it was a much more accessible system almost yeah that's like four buttons yeah exactly or um it's it's one of the charities represented is uh warfighter engaged so this is people who are veterans who came back with combat disabilities Mm -hmm. and you know so that is that's something which is even a harder thing to deal with Mm. which is like your life is suddenly very different and you you do not have the abilities that you used to have and trying to grapple with that Mm -hmm. uh so they talked in in our interviews with a a former like semi-pro Madden player who lost the ability to use one of his hands and was saying like, this is something that he can use to play again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's so it's so important that a a company as as high profile as Microsoft, who literally makes one of the big three consoles, is doing this. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that either we'll see maybe a, a non-specific, like a non-Xbox specific mm-hmm. option or just options like this for the other consoles. Cause it is, it is so fucking important. It's like the, what, what's the, the dip inside in, in curbs called curb cutting. It's the curb cutting of, of controllers. Yeah. Like that's something that is uh, a, a disability aid that is, part of our daily lives and we don't necessarily think about it but it's hugely important and I would like to see this become 
I would like to see it appreciated. I hope it. I, I, I hope that. Yeah. I, I super hope it is. I mean, I'm ready like, to kick the asses of anyone who's making fun of it online. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, I just think that yeah, it says a lot. Like, uh, Able Gamers is a wonderful charity that has mm-hmm. been around for a long time. They they get grants for people who have disabilities and want to get and continue gaming. Mm-hmm. And they said that like this will basically a lot like cut their their grant size by so much. So I mean, like being being able to provide more with mm-hmm. for people, and but what when I was talking to them, are like people used to pat themselves in the back for in, including a colorblind mode in games. Yeah, yeah. and now <laughs> we are so much farther, but yeah, we still have a long way to go. Yeah, that's funny. That actually came up at the Sushi Striker event last night. Somebody asked if there was a colorblind mode, and I they didn't have one at the moment. Mm. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's this whole aspect of things that is just so important to think about that kind of gets pushed to the wayside like including caption options mm-hmm. colorblind modes things that are so important just like for a basic level of accessibility yeah and you know, it, I, I speaking as a person who should be captioning all of polygons youtube videos and hasn't like it's not necessarily not time consuming um but it is important. It is It is so just like, I mean, again, it just goes back to like everyone should be able to feel included mm-hmm. and feel like video games are for them. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I just found out how to add fucking alt text to images on Twitter. Oh, you can? Okay, okay, this is important. I'm going to talk about it. So if you go into your settings on Twitter, there's an accessibility tab. And if you go into that tab, you have the option. It's a switch. You flip it. And then you can add alt text to pictures that you upload to Twitter. Wow. Which I realized because somebody was uh, trying to get – I post a lot of pictures of, like, book pages and stuff. And somebody wanted the alt text and uh, there was – they couldn't be pulled up. And I was like, wait a minute. Is this an option? And I Googled it. It's there. So I'm really excited about that now. That's so cool. cool. I I definitely (laughs) want to do that. But now I'm thinking of, like, the last picture I posted, which was a Photoshop of my head on the Change My Mind me. I think that that's way way better if you describe – I mean, like, I think – uh, to soapbox for a tiny second, yeah. like I don't ever talk about my visual impairment because it's just like a thing that I don't want to be like, this is the one mm-hmm. thing about me. But it's just it's kind of hard to to like gently because rem- you don't want to necessarily self advocate all the time and be like, hey, you should do that. But it's, at the same time, it's that's like why we need things like this to remind people, like, just be of inclusivity and in how mm-hmm. you can be more inclusive. On it, I wish the alt text thing were turned on automatically on Twitter. Right. I, as a person who doesn't have accessibility issues with Twitter, I never went to that tab because I was like, I, I don't need to change anything. This works fine for me. Yeah. It's not about me. I didn't it, know that there were options there that could help other people. Right. <laughs> and at least you're smart yeah. enough instead of being like, blind people use Twitter. <laughs> blind uh. people, visually impaired people play video games. Ooh. Yo, dog. Hello. All right, Allegra, talk Hello. to us about a Metal Gear Solid Three. Yeah, Metal Gear. what a um. thrill! <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Okay, that's actually relevant. So Segway. I'm playing Metal Gear Solid Three. Okay, what? so y'all know I love Metal Gear Solid Two. Best, one of the best games ever made. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Three is very good. So a lot of people say Metal Gear Solid 3 is like the best Metal Gear. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have played Metal Gear Solid 2, but uh, that's kind of the best <laughs> game ever made. But Metal Gear Solid you 3. You asshole. <laughs> you, sorry. Have you never played 3? No, I'm playing it for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Well, then why did you say that before? <laughs> what kind of asshole plays Allegra Metal likes Gear to Solid fight. 2 Dude, for the oh, first time I, in his life? I remember fucking <laughs> last week in the newsroom, you were talking about this, how 2 is the best, and Ryan... <laughs> Our beautiful, wonderful Ryan was like, um, well, if that, that you mean three, and then Allegra just shut him the fuck down. <laughs> I was like, oh. I think it's not then, too wrong. Like, you didn't even play it yet. I think he asked you, he's like, did you play it yet? And you're like, no, but I, I can just tell. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. You're that kid who's just like, no, I can just tell. <laughs> I am. I got. I think I got into a fight about this yesterday with someone else. Not about Metal Gear. Oh. Um, <laughs> my weekly Metal Gear fights. But no, Metal Gear Solid Three is excellent. Um, Eat crow. Gameplay is excellent. It's a great dress-up game. You owe Jeremy uh, Parrish an apology. 
Do you think that it's better than two? No. Okay. Oh, are you just saying that? No. Have you finished it? I have not, but it's very close. Mm-hmm. It's better than Metal Gear Solid 1. It's very close. It's very Cut to your close. fucking PlayStation whatever file, and it just says like 10 hours. Uh, these games are short. It's like a 10 hour game. No, it's not. Everyone. <laughs> the PlayStation who, says no, it's not. I can just tell. <laughs> Everyone who is owed an apology by Allegra Frank, please write anything. Polygon show at polygon.com. Send me an email. Uh, we will get her to apologize to you for the things that she said Working about on Metal Gear right that now. were wrong. Working on my drafts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Sorry that I like a game uh, almost as much as another game. Sorry, I have love, okay? Anyway, so Metal Gear Solid 3 is fantastic. Here is why I am talking about it. Yes. Not to be nagged. Thank you. You're welcome. So, uh, I'm pretty far in. I'm probably like three quarters of the way into the game. Uh, And it's like very high. Like the way it scales is awesome. The first hour is like such a bore. Like it's very much like a- What a bore. What a bore. Uh, It's very much like setup. And then that ends, and then immediately you're in it. It's like a tutorial, and then you're like, okay, I don't have to do any of that stuff again. Let's just go for a baby. So then it kind of like ramps up in a very excellently paced way. There's like all these like kind of puzzle-ish areas where you're trying. It's very stealth based, which obviously all of them are, but like I pretty much have gone through all the other Metal Gear games I've played by just like trying to run really fast. What are those fast. ones again? <laughs> That's how I also try to solve a problem yeah, by like, just running away really fast. That's me playing like, God of War. It's just sprinting in circles why? around a troll. It's literally just like, okay, snake, don't get caught. And I'm like, eh, I'll try. And then I just run into the room. But, and I'm like, oops. And then I just shoot everyone. But anyway, so Metal Gear Solid 3. You really gotta be stealthy. And the cool That's the tagline of the game. <laughs> like Metal Gear Solid 3. No, Allegra, you gotta be stealthy. Oh this really time. this time. Kojima calls you Really, you gotta be stealthy this time. But here's the thing: it really encourages me to be stealthy because it has this fantastic dress-up mode where you can like change your outfit to like maximize your um camouflage, essentially. Ooh. So you can have like different masks and different outfits. There's one uh area where you have to be dressed as a scientist so no one suspects that you're a soldier. It's very cool. And the most stealthy outfit is, of course, ripped tights and a thong. Trash bag. Oh. What? What? (laughs) What? And body paint on Snake's beautiful tits. Yeah. Mm. What? Did you get choked up over (laughs) there? No, my throat got really hoarse all of a sudden. It looked... Oh, constricted I'm by horns. <laughs> my yes, throat went thirst. dry thinking about Snake. <laughs> oh my god, they should have a DLC where Snake is all blue and just in cutoffs. <laughs> it's almost... Or like covered in glitter. Lindsay! 15 years later, Metal Gear Solid 3 DLC. It's diamond dust. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, basically I just did the like scientist level and after you do that, it's like, okay, finally, finally, you're going to go face another boss. You have to go up this mountain. Um, oh, I faced this boss, and it was awesome. But then I had to go face another boss and go up this crazy mountain. And I was like, okay, ready for this. Ready for a baby. This is just the practice run. And then you go in this place that, like, is supposed to take you to the mountain. But the only thing in there, guys, is a ladder. So either you can go back out or you climb this ladder. And it's like, okay, I'll just climb the ladder. You climb that ladder for almost three minutes straight. That's all you can do. You're just climbing a ladder. Sure, you can go back down. Sure, you can fall off the ladder. You just got to climb it again. It's fantastic. It is one of the best moments in a video game I've ever played. Is is there a monologuing happening? There's no speaking. However, uh, halfway through, the fantastic theme song to Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater, which is called Snake Eater, the song, uh, starts playing. And it's like that completely as a surprise so like it's very silent you just hear like naked snake clunk clunk yeah clunk, the, just clunk. climbing up the naked? ladder naked snake that's his name code name not his oh not okay okay no he's not naked sorry his name is naked snake why would you have that his code name <laughs> i don't know why his na- Ooh, code name is naked. fried snake uh yeah he actually does eat fried snake in that game but that's not his name. What That's is not his this name. Game no. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, um, clunk, 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 yeah, clunk, you just hear clunk. that. It's kind of cathartic because it's like, okay, there's all this action. You know that something 
amazing is going to happen, like a battle or something, some unknown territory. You're getting much farther in the game. You're getting closer to the goal, but it just forces you to kind of contend with everything you've already done, everything you've learned, all the items you've acquired, all the costumes you've acquired, just kind of like considering and reflecting upon Snake's mission, which is like, it just felt like Apocalypse Now to me, like mm-hmm. the beginning of Apocalypse Now, which ironically is scored to the end by the tours, but like very much just a contemplative soldier, just like reckoning with the fact that this is my job. There is no out. Like I'm stuck in this place right now, but when I get out of this place, I have to go back into the thick of it. And that's very much how it felt to me. And then to underscore it with the beautiful Snake Eater theme song, um, just kind of, yeah, just kind of reemphasize like this is such a cinematic, fascinating series and game to me. And obviously, there's two more games after this, four and five. Um, but I've always thought of, and Kojima too, always thought of Metal Gear Solid one through three as like a trilogy. So. To me, that moment also was just kind of reminding me of like I somehow stumbled into this weird stealth action surrealist game as or series is like one of my favorite series of all time. And it almost feels over to me, even though obviously mm. I have like way more games to play. But I, I just know that like this is the this masterpiece is the trilogy. Yeah, it is the mountain. It is the mountain. So it's just like a very overwhelming, emotional kind of thing. And also it's just like really cool and funny and absurd like Kojima is and also Snake Eater is a very good game or song game game too but it is a bop it is a banger it's a jam a bangor it's a bangor it is an excellent song it's interesting to me it it feels very much like this quintessential Kojima like funny surreal and also a huge middle finger yeah yeah the player because you do have to climb a fucking ladder for three minutes mm-hmm. but the moment that that song kicked in after all the silence it w- that was hilarious yeah it was genuinely very very funny <laughs> yeah like these games are so absurd in like a hilarious not self-serious way which is interesting like i usually don't like games or movies about war because i think it's like shoot lots of guns bullets death that's, and in this that's game- war for you baby but in this, like, like, it focuses on, like, a different kind of side of it that's also there, right? Like, the emotions of it, which, of course, Kojima's perspective is a little bit, like, ironic humor. But it is also still, like, there are relationships. There's love. There's compassion. Wow. Did you ever watch Band of Brothers? I, I didn't. I'm sorry. Get the fuck out of my house! <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? I have HBO Go. I'll watch it, I swear. <laughs> But um, Apocalypse Now is, like, the only war movie I like um, yeah, that fair. I can think of. But, you know, like, Dunkirk, right? Dunkirk wasn't traditional either. It was very oh, much God, like... Dunkirk was so good. It was very much about the aesthetic and the mood of it. And that's how I've always felt about Metal Gear. For the mm-hmm. people who ask me, why is Allegra Frank playing Metal Gear? That is that why. Because it's the feelings and the weirdness. And also the boys are very cute. And the boys are very cute and you can dress them up. Mm-hmm. That's what's important in games. Mm-hmm. Was not true of Dunkirk. Could not dress him up. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> he came into the the movie theater with like little cutouts and just held above the screen. Zero out of five stars because I could not get the boys in Dunkirk to change their outfits. But you were really happy. Was it you? You were very happy that Harry Styles just. What does that mean? Did you- he just like dies like right at the beginning of the movie. He does Harry die. Styles? No, he's in no, the he end. survives. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. Yeah, he's on the boat. Run, run, he's on, on the that boat. boat. Yeah. Okay, the boat, I guess it was like me. I'm, it was the opposite. It was me, and I was angry that he didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> I have corrected. I have corrected the memory. I'm so sorry. That's what it was. I think it, it's interesting because I gen- like every as soon as I saw he was in that movie and saw the trailers, I was like. Obviously, Harry Styles is going to die. Spoilers for Dunkirk. Because he's like, you know, pop star. Like, you don't cast a pop star in a movie to have him fucking survive. You kill that fucker. And he didn't. He, he didn't. He survived. However, and he was very morally, like, gray in that film. Yeah. Um. The, the surprising... Well, I don't he's know. That's asshole. Maybe that's kind of mean. But, uh, no, he was very good in that movie, he actually. Yeah. I thought he was fantastic. I was like, oh, damn. Good for mm-hmm. you, Harry Styles. Oh, he was really cute. I like that you guys are worried about spoiling a movie about the most, like... <laughs> yeah, but it's Harry Styles. Styles. He wasn't in Dunkirk. He was in <laughs> Dunkirk. 
<laughs> you, you know what I'm saying, though, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. Yes. I got Dunkirk. it. Dunkirk. I think, did everyone read that New York Times article about twinks yesterday? Oh, no. no. I There's a line uh, that nearly made me shit myself Whoa. about- um, That's so violent. <laughs> Much like I a friendly have goat. IBS. <laughs> oh, Someone whispers, me too. Who's <laughs> to put a fucking timestamp in? <laughs> Why? Here we go. I found it. Christopher Nolan's 2017 World War II epic Dunkirk was an ensemble showpiece of British twinkiness. Twinkiness? That's, what does that mean? It means that it, it like, because the three main guys, they're all, like, twink-esque. I, I cannot conceive of a world in which I would sit down and be like, that move, that incredibly depressing World War II set piece was a display of twinkiness. But what? What by definition? What? What did they say? Uh, it was a. It was weird. It was kind of saying that twink is now for slender straight men. Wait, what? Yeah. Wait. It, I. I don't want to start a whole oh thing about god. the New York Times twink piece, but uh, <laughs> we should say this for the next. Oh my god! It's like think piece. I know. Twink piece. But I it was. But there were a lot of lines in it twink where I was like, piece. I don't know. You want you want to say? Oh that? well, huh. the New York Times has had a good track yeah. record in the last New York two weeks. That's why Adam Musa tweeted the picture of shirtless Link and yes. said, "Age of the Twink." Mm-hmm. Oh my God, twink. is that because it rhymes with Link? No, it's because Link is a twink. <laughs> Genuinely, <laughs> actually, uh, to tie this back to Metal Gear yeah, Solid, actually, let's do. find uh, a way to make it happen. So I think, I think I haven't read the article because it seems like kind of trash, um, but I guess I should read it so I can confirm that. Uh, instead of making hasty opinions, I guess. Don't give them your one New York Times page view a month. <laughs> a month, that's true. I'm going to describe the New York Times story as like, it's half of a think piece. It's like, they it starts to formulate a thought, and then it's like, and now the article's over. It's a thing. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a thing. There's what? no piece. There's no oh. piece. Just a thing. Um, anyway, carry but on. In, so I feel like what this probably is getting out is like this latent homoeroticism in things like Dunkirk, right? Is that sort of what they're doing? Because that's some, I don't know necessarily because I didn't read it, but uh, there's definitely a very clear subtext that's like not necessarily. Like it's implied, but also I don't know that Kojima was doing it consciously. Like it seems like an unconscious or subconscious Mm -hmm. subtext uh, of like homoeroticism. Like that is also like a very big thing of um, Metal Gear Solid. I feel like though the pairing though of homoeroticism or like latent homoeroticism Mm -hmm. and things like that, I feel like that always gets read with uh, just yeah, like men in wartime, Mm -hmm. and it's like what. Why does it always have to necessarily be that and not necessarily like the other way? I think because like what's men. The, what's the other way around? Actually I mean, for. Oh, I, I mean, well, I meant for even like women. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I think, well, because men, there's like this idea of masculinity and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like hyper masculinity is often tied specifically to like the military. And like, I think that. <laughs> but like the sense of, but then I, it's I feel yeah. like the sense of like brotherhood that gets cultivated mm. ends up gets it, it kind of gets like jabbed a little bit with like oh are you are you guys secretly gay it's yeah like, Jesus I think it's like you know trying to poke the balloon of like safety within this like you know military setting where most of the people in these bands are like men and then they mm-hmm. cultivate a brotherhood and although it should theoretically be a safe space because like. You're all working together. Yeah, of course, you're going to develop very close relationships. People on the outside or even people on the inside are very much like, oh, no, like, this means you're gay now. Um, Like, that's bad. Uh, Instead of just, like, letting it be and not treating, you know, male male relationships or homoerotic situations as a bad thing. Mm. Uh, They are beautiful things. And on that (laughs) note... I don't know why, how we really got into. I like the sexuality I like politics. that segue. I I wish I had like a a good. I, I want to end on your conclusive thought because it's better than anything that I have to say. Um, well, this has been an episode of the Polygon Show. I think we had 
this episode 50 where we oh, had yeah! it's, it's episode, episode 50. 50. Yay. Fuck. I was going to mention it Where's at the our top cake? of the show. Where's our cake? Where's our cake? Cake. 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 Ross is out there cake. shrugging. You're fired. Bad, Bad job. Ross is fired. Bad. Um, Bad. This is, this is episode 50. So if you are have been listening from the beginning or if you've just started listening, holy crap. Thank you so much. If you just started listening, I don't cake. know what happened. If you, yeah. if you just started listening, just send us cake. It's, it's okay. We yeah. will forgive you for not listening to the other 49 episodes. Just send me cake. This is definitely the best one. You went from so. send us cake to send me cake. Well, what if you guys Ad- don't want it? I want Address it. all cakes to Ashley O. Uh-huh. Yes. She'll dole them out. <laughs> and Kirby. As, as she decides. And, and Kirby. Kirby has a cake. cake queen. Uh, but yeah, thank you everyone so much. We have a lot of fun doing this show, and I, we have some fun ideas for ways that we can keep it fresh moving forward. Uh, and it is a bright point of my week every week. So oh, same. I love you guys. Uh, All right, look so at that sisterhood. If you want. <laughs> Now, Ashley. Wow. It's like Dunkirk. It's like we're in a war it's movie. Just like Dunkirk. <laughs> just like Dunkirk. Jesus Christ. Happening. Bunkirk. <laughs> Bunkirk. <laughs> That's us. If you want to send us an email, you can send it to polygonshow at polygon.com. Thanks, as always, for listening. This has been The Polygon Show. <laughs>